0: It was just an ordinary spring day for the former detective, Balder. The sun was shining through the window, and a ray of sun fell upon his head. As he woke up, he looked around only to see the empty bourbon on the table. His head started to ache, and he felt awfully tired from the hangover. The apartment was muggy, and the floor was covered in empty bottles and wastes. Ever since he lost his job, He had not been able to think clearly. The days felt endless and the nights were unbearable. As he struggled to lift his body from the couch, he tumbled and fell back to sleep. A few hours later, he woke up again to see that the day had passed by. He walked gradually towards the kitchen, which was filled with the stacked dishes from last week, from the refrigerator. Waiter, he took out a beer and went straight back to the couch. He turned on the television and suddenly he saw a news broadcast from a worn down and dirty neighborhood. In the background you could see people laying on the grass, but the big warning sign across the screen removed his attention quickly. The warning told that the deadly virus has come. Immediately he started to feel his heart a little bit faster. He walked towards the cabinet and took out another bottle of bourbon. On his way back, he heard a voice on the television. It was a man called Dr. Smith, and apparently he was a very accomplished and serious scientist. He was very pale and he looked like he was in his 40s. Also, he claimed that he would find a cure for this deadly virus. As he kept talking, Balder couldn't help but notice something unusual about him. He instantly got a really bad feeling. After finishing half the bottle of bourbon, he fell straight back to sleep. More days passed by, and Balder continued his same old habits. The days were the same, although he could not let go of the strange feeling in his body. At first, he thought it was just the outcome of his Not so salubrious lifestyle, but after a while, he started to think closer. Ever since the day he heard about the virus, the news had been filled with stories about people dying one after one. Something was wrong, he thought to himself. He knew that it was time to pull himself together and solve this.
1: He looked out of the window as he saw the weed walking around from a great distance. It was as if they did not know their pathetic life only brought shame and disgust to the rest of the world. His eyes switched. He no longer saw the small germs doing nothing important in the early gloomy morning. Instead, his eyes went to his pecan-colored hair with his clean shaved face. Every little hair was placed perfectly. He was under control. Nevertheless, he could not control how much they kept multiplying. They never stopped. They were like bacteria in the most perfect condition to keep increase in number. Quickly he turned around on his heels, repulsive from the window, glazing upon his spotless floor. He walked slowly through the room, down the stairs with his hands behind his back. It was almost as if he could hear his own thoughts reflect from the walls. Spontaneously he just stopped. There, in the middle of the staircase. Thrilled, he smirked. I got it. The enjoyment lit up his otherwise de- depressed facial expression. Then began to walk determined down the stairs, two steps at a time. He reached the end, then proceeded to peer over his mini guinea pigs and equipment. Flying, he went to his work table to begin his life's work. It would be the sensation of the century. The minute next night was spent down there, only with enough coffee that could barely keep him awake. When the dark circles under his eyes began to emerge, he was still not done. However, as he said to himself every night, it is all worth it for the society. As he continued his research, many of the subject dies, yet... They could not spread the glorious living artifact fast enough. Therefore, he had to continue, even in his currently slow pace. One night, the coffee could not help him anymore, and his arms turned heavy. His head felt like stone, as his arm betrayed him and left him unconscious on the floor. The incident resulted in a test tube falling over, dripping into the cage. When he woke up, there was no telling what the clock was. It was a waste of time that only left him behind. Nevertheless, he rose weakly while discovering the intense headache that was left. Then proceeded to check if his life's work was stable. It was not stable. From the cage's water storage leaked what looked like blood. In pure excitement he tore the lid off entirely to see all the subjects just laying there as the dirt it was. While he waited for the sunset, he replicated the cells, leaving him with the perfect solution to the society's problem. Such a small bottle with such great power. Hurried, he grabbed his black overcoat As the dusk lay upon the city as carpet on the floor, to prevent from any unwanted noise, he walked the last bit from the station down to the filthy slum, which the lowlifes called home. How remarkably pathetic. While he was hiding in the shadow, he stumbled over a homeless camp, Disgusted by the horrible smell of years old eggs and huge amount of chaos where people almost laid over each other. It was a miracle he did not puke all over those filthy maggots. They probably would not even notice. Although his despite for these creatures, he had a task. Then he proceeded and bent over one of them while taking the cork out of the bottle. It was out. It was remarkable and none of the laced trash even woke up.
2: The past three days have been used to find some sort of suspect, at least some clues to follow. Balder's search for the guy behind the virus had been intensified and Baldur is now without sleep and normal hygiene. He has started to look like a worn down caveman coffee cups and fast food bags on the floor as well as the disgusting amount of leftover food on what used to be the kitchen counter. His apartment had been turned into an evidence board for this amazingly big case. The stinky apartment is filled with post-its, notes, photos, suspects and red lines guiding one through the whole mess. The list of suspects was short and Balder therefore had to make changes to his investigation. Baldur spent hours working on the list, trying to figure out who and why. Baldur's only chance of getting closer to solving the case was by getting either a key witness or by luck finding the person who did it. He started to think logically. What had been made? How had it been made? And who was capable of making it? He dug out every single doctor, and professor and scientist who could he could find. Without any resources, Baldur had a hard time doing so. His only option was to question the doctors at the hospital, the professors at the schools, and the scientists at the labs. No one seemed to know anything, yet everyone seemed to hide something. Balder acted paranoid. He started to think everyone had something to do with the virus. As he aimed for the exit, he heard something something he found very interesting. A patient yelled at one of the doctors that no one knew what was coming. That the evil was spreading and it was spreading fast. Balder saw the opportunity and interrogated the patient. Balder had found the key witness he was looking for. He questioned the patient for an hour and got nothing. The patient, who was supposed to be the perfect witness, started talking nonsense. She started to mumble. Balder was disappointed like never before and decided to go home. As he walked down the street, he replayed the whole scenario in his head, remembered every little detail that seemed important. Firstly, the maker of the virus had been seen at a train station. Secondly, the maker had a bottle filled with something similar to gas. Thirdly, the maker wore an overcoat, tan chinos, and black boots. Balder had very little information, yet he had everything he needed. The following days, Balder cross-checked every single doctor, professor, and scientist he could find to see if anyone had been at the specific train station the witness talked about. Only five matched the search, and which, of which four were scientists and one were a doctor. Suddenly, Balder remembered a person whom he saw on TV, a Nobel Prize winner. Balder never liked the guy and found him a little sketchy.
1: His plan was as good as a success. They were about to be wiped out of existence. They never saw it coming, the slow but painful death. In a long time he was restless, however, with this knowledge he was peaceful like never before. Slowly and steady he sat down on a smug brown couch. It was as new, even though it was 20 years old. Finally he could allow himself some time with the news and the loyal black coffee. The news always disappoint him, but today were amusing. The other scientists were nowhere near a clue. Helpless, they wandered the lab. Just like little rats in a maze trying to find the exit. He had really outdone himself this time. Although he was not yet done, there was still work to do. He then turns the news off, only to look over the empty street from his window. The weather was lovely. Not too cold yet not too hard. Perfect for his plan to rescue the society from the helpless thing that just roamed the country. Of course, people would die, even many of them. However, the society that would be left behind was going to be divine. Although it would be an exaggeration to call them people, they did nothing other than feed of the country and all that it was built to be. Nevertheless, his plan would be destroyed if he did not stop the one person he had heard rumors of a former detective. Something about him wanted to figure this out. He knew someone made the virus. Clever enough, he was further than most people. He began to pace because he could not stand still with all of his thought of what to do with this former detective. He could not find this person. It would lead the police right back to him. Nor could he just leave him to the investigation. He was too close. He had to get rid of him one way or another. Continually, Continuously, he paced around his house. His dark gray slippers dragged along the stone-cold floor, collecting all the dust from the past few weeks. Astonished, he heard the doorbell. It had not rang in many years. It was almost unrecognizable. Ecstatic, he rushed to the door, only to see the filthy person standing there at his porch. Then he remembered the rumors of the former detective, that spent way too much time home with the battle. The luck was with him yet again. He could not miss this opportunity. The doorbell rang again. Impatiently, this belter of which even knocked the door three times. He turned around to look for something usable. That was when he saw his lapis colored glass vase. It was still empty. The light sunshine reflected through it in front of his couch. He rabbit-grabbed the vase. It was heavy enough. Therefore, he rushed back to the to open the door before Wal- Balder walked away. He stood behind the door as it s- slowly opened one of Balder's formerly black shoe show. With all of his strength, the ways shattered at the account of Balder's head. Balder fell down among the blue pieces of glass to the floor. The door slammed as he took Balder's arms. The shoe whined when he began to drag him down the stairs. He was not used to carry so much weight when he reached the end he was out of breath however he laid balder down to get a chair he then placed him on the chair and proceeded to get the rope on the floor next to the cage he tied balder's still unconscious body the best he could afterwards he reached The right syringe among the other stuff that for sure would stop that guy. There was still glass on the floor upstairs. He could not ignore that. As he walked upstairs to the mess, he took a quick glance at Balder.
3: His eyes slowly started to open up and his body felt extremely heavy. At first he couldn't remember where he was. But as his vision began to come back, he could see that he was in a laboratory. Suddenly he started to remember. He tried to stand up, but something was holding him down. His hands were tied behind the chair that he was sitting on. They were quiet, and all he could hear was his heart beating. While trying to escape, he started to hear footsteps coming closer and closer. However, his vision was still blurred but he could see a man walking gradually towards him. As he got within reach, he could see that it was Dr. Smith. What do you want from me? What did you inject me with? He distressed asked. Dr. Smith had a knowing smile on his face. He looked him deeply in the eyes, but all Balder could see was pure wickedness. Actually, I am very sorry that I had to do this to you. Believe me. But I couldn't have you exposing me to the rest of the world, Smith answered. He started to realize what was going on, and his entire body was shaking of dread. He knew that he had to think fast. Therefore, he started to search the room for any kind of objects he could use. In the corner, he spotted a stand knife. Now he just needed the right moment. If you are going to hold me hostage, the least you could do is feed me he asked while smiling very sarcastically. Dr. Smith gave him a very annoyed look, but then left the room. With every strength he had left in his body, he dragged the chair across the room, reaching towards the knife. He rushed back and barely just made it in time before the, wa- the door once again opened. Behind his back, he started to cut against the rope around his hands. Dr. Smith came close to him and started giving him the food he had fished. It was now and never. He ripped the rope apart and grabbed Dr. Smith's arms. He managed to pull him down on the floor, and they started to fight intensely. His body was still weak from the virus injection, and he could barely fight back. Instantly, he started to become dizzy, but he had to pull himself together. Out of nowhere, Dr. Smith came towards him with the knife in his hands, and for a moment he fought to himself. This is it. But he refused to give up. Consequently, he struck Smith in the head just before he was about to stab him. He dropped a knife on the floor and he fell down straight away. Everything went quiet. Afterwards, he dragged his unconscious body to his truck and put him in the trunk rack. He searched through his pockets to find a cell phone and called down to the police department to tell them he was coming to hand in Dr. Smith. So he got in his car and started to drive. His body was still shaking from the virus, but also the adrenaline. He soon arrived and walked through the doors to the police department, only to see all his old co-workers waiting for him. They were all clapping and cheering at him. In spite of the fact that his body was aching, he felt happy. All at once he could feel everything, then he collapsed on the floor.